two-calendar system, I've been working out some plan for common speak explanations of the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendar, but I'm not the best authority on this. It gets confusing, but there's a lot of internet out there to help you understand what I'm about to describe if I don't do an adequate job. So I will try my best here to explain to you what the Julian calendar is and the Gregorian and how they're related. So if you think about our current calendar today, it's a yearly cycle based on the Earth rotating around the sun, which is 365 rotations a day. <laughs> day. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Hold on. Oh, let me try again, but that'd be hilarious. In fact, let's just go with that. Our current calendar is our rotation around the sun, which is 365 rotations of the Earth a day. Joking. 365 rotations a year with one additional rotation every four years. It is commonly called the New Style Calendar. Prior to this, the moon was our most efficient timekeeping tool, and we counted moon cycles. There are a few existing calendars that still use the moon today based on the motion of the moon around the Earth. The Islamic and Chinese calendars do this. This is different than the motion of the Earth in relation to the Sun. It is the relation of the Moon to the Earth. The Jewish calendar is a blend of the cycle of the Sun and the cycle of the Moon. Traditionally, the original Roman calendar lasted 10 months and was uh, 304 days. I looked that up. Winter was a stop time, which is something beautiful to consider. Winter had no months. I, that fits the description of a good winter for me. Cold ones. Winter had no time. What a poem to be living through back then, right? Around 713 BC, check this name out, King Numa Pompilius got ripping drunk and invented January and February. This added a few months to define winter, and this was for a diplomatic purpose and made our calendar a standard lunar year of 354 days. January and February being new ideas, March would remain the first of the year. So the introduction of January as the beginning of a new year would take a little more time to get figured out. January became the first month of the Roman calendar, about 250 years later, in 450 BC. So we're, uh, we're at 715 BC or 713 BC right now. January has a few different meanings, but this is how January got invented. It's been called the wolf month, winter, or the cold month. <laughs> January stands for cold month. Jump to 45 BC and we have Julius Caesar, passionately interested in timekeeping and waking up one morning with a genuine idea that a calendar be made and uh, I'm sure this was all his idea. Uh, Julius C Caesar said uh, it should consist of 12 months based on a solar year. And that's a pretty solid guess, Julius. The, uh, the calendar had a cycle of three years of 365 days, followed by a year of 366 days, uh, which was considered a leap year. So the leap year didn't just have one day, like we have February 29th, it had uh, 11 days added. Uh, you're hearing that 11 day number, aren't you? Suddenly, everyone was throwing away all their old moon calendars and jumping into the fancy Julian calendar. The, uh, the early Roman calendars designated March 1st as the new year. The calendar just had 10 months, beginning with March. 
There was no February or January. The winter was literally timeless. In this way, March makes a lot of sense for a new year, spring being a rebirth and all that. The winter was literally timeless until the winter went away and then it would be March. The Julian calendar introduced January right around 50 BC or so, and then January got dropped for a while. January didn't have the sticking power of uh, other months. In 1582, the Gregorian calendar arrived and restored January 1st as New Year's Day. So you might wonder why did the Gregorian calendar arrive in the first place? The time measurement on the Julian was a little off and the seasons were starting to slip, and particularly Easter. The Gregorian calendar would be a political issue for some time as it was the Catholic calendar and aligning Easter with a predictable good season was important for celebration purposes. So even though it made some better sense, the British did not adopt the reformed calendar until the Calendar Act of 1750 that we're discussing. The Calendar Act forced the British Empire to simultaneously say today is Wednesday and tomorrow is Sunday. Tomorrow was not just a Sunday following a Wednesday, it was also 12 days later too, so yesterday was 12 days ago. I love thinking about that one. Yesterday, 12 days ago, is a great way to begin a sentence. Metronomes and Thought Crimes uh, Silver lining and optimism, one could argue the British gave you 11 days more, too, if you're an optimist. You would die 11 days later because of the Calendar Act than before. But people didn't think about that. We never care about investments. We only care about the now. I want to say, uh, the whole ruler takes credit for inventions thing. It's never uh, settled well with me. I'm not quite able to accurately describe the differences between both calendars. But I'd like to comment on my annoyance with giving credit to Julius Caesar for thinking up the Julian calendar. I love how they always give the ruler the credit for these things. At least Pope Gregory gives credit to the two astronomers. Uh, let me try these, uh, these names here. Uh, Aloysius, or Aloysius Lilius, a doctor and an astronomer, and Christopher Clavius, a priest and astronomer. They thought up the calendar properly. They are given credit for the Gregorian calendar. There's no imaginary world where that presents uh, Pope Gregory XIII as an astronomer capable of figuring out timekeeping. But Julius Caesar is such a joke. Um, he gets credit for this. I think I sort of think of him as the Kim Jong-un of uh, BC. If you look up the Julian calendar, you get a lot of credit to Julius for figuring this thing out. The Roman calendar at the time was regulated by the movement of, of the moon, we're told. This was the Egyptian calendar, which is ugly to Julius. He only wants uh, non-Egyptian things. Julius Caesar looked up at the sky and suggested we use the brighter moon which uh, he called the sun. Hail Caesar, Roman farmers now were able to use it, the Julian calendar, as the basis of consistent seasonal planning from year to year. Hilariously, Caesar set the length of the year to be 365.25 days, adding a leap year at the end of February every fourth year. Julius was very exact, very certain of that. 
I declare in my Julius Caesar mind that it's not 365 days, it's 365.25, and everyone would step back and be like, Julius Caesar is the most intensely brilliant leader we've ever had. Hail Caesar. If you grew up in the 1980s, Julius Caesar also invented Orange Julius, a drink you could order at the mall. It was full of sugar and orange foam. And I still remember what it and the strawberry Julius tasted like. The official history is that the Julian calendar was proposed by Julius Caesar in 46 BC. And that's interesting because at the same time, oddly, Julius Caesar was pretty busy at the time being a total brutal asshole. When he was not working the code on astronomy down to 365.25 days, he was killing off a huge chunk of the population of Gaul. And that's a genocide he'd brag about. Look up the Gallic Wars, G-A-L-L-I-C, Wars of Curious. And he worked his genius on heavy manipulations of the Romans themselves, keeping them in a constant civil war. That's funny, that doesn't sound familiar. Julius uh, also declared himself dictator for life. That happened. All the while, with this heavy workload, apparently Caesar also liked to think up timekeeping. So I'm going to call a big nonsense button on that. Julius Caesar didn't even kill half the people he bragged about killing. He had other people kill him. I seriously doubt that fool knew how to calculate time in a serious mathematical way that would prove to be the second most accurate time measurement for an entire empire. Julius Caesar couldn't even think up Caesar dressing, let alone Caesar salad. He sure as hell did not think up the Julian calendar. I doubt he even made the Orange Julius. In terms of how this might feel relevant in our current experience, time has rarely felt more globally flexible or without authority than it has in the last four months. I think World War II likely felt like a fever dream in terms of time perception and stress. Certainly someone trapped in a concrete rubble bunker in Syria for the last nine years would laugh at the world for its COVID problems. That has to be very unpleasant. The COVID has been odd in that domestic life has not been changed. So it's sort of a war with no visuals. We haven't been bombed, but we are bunkering. And in many of our perspectives, the outside world is existing less and less. So this year has caused many of us to reassess our own ideas of time. I know personally the time I've been inside with very minimal contact with the outside world, aside from evening walks by moonlight or when viewing daylight through a window, has made these four months feel very unusual, a bit like a Ray Bradbury script. The COVID chronicles, I guess. The first month felt like three months in duration, and oddly now I feel like my wife and I have been in lockdown for maybe a month or two total but it's been four months now. Or is it five yet? So time is elongating and compressing. That first month felt like three, and these last four months have felt like two. What feels very far away for me is the memory of being at my job and being around coworkers I love and care about in a non-video format. I believe that non-video format will likely be known as the world before. 
in the world before is becoming a memory. A lot of us are connected to a metronome we call time. It's the one thing in our life we can count on to keep ticking. Time will outlive us, and time is supposedly always ticking. I wonder how much my memory of the world before will start to match up with other distant experiences of the world before that. I'm patient and calm about this. I know it will likely return in a year or so. And there's grief involved with the world going through so much pain right now and anxiety and uncertainty and depression. But I suppose there's a blessing too in being able to consider these new thought experiments. My response to being at home is trying to be as safe as possible and just enjoy the blessings that can be found from this very odd, unique moment. So with the calendar riots, either having happened or not happened, here's my guess on what separate villages might have done to protest. Such a declaration might have been the last draw on you keeping your grip on the world. Or maybe it would be the final click needed for you to sail off into a happier, more carefree state of bliss. The calendar riots occurred with villagers across the British Empire, banging on buildings and breaking glass and stomping through wooden doors, hollering about regaining their last 11 days. A riot doesn't need to be an act of violence, and maybe some villagers or colonialists opted to never acknowledge the change. They could just protest through disobedience, or others might have opted to permanently live without the lost days themselves. It's the concept here that makes the calendar riots so much fun to think about. Time is a perception of control on the uncontrollable. The same unit of time measured in hours can feel longer or shorter based on emotional experiences. Stare at a clock and time will feel longer, obviously, but have a happy decade and it might feel longer than a sad one. A depressed reaction is often to look at time and declare regretfully, oh, it's been five years already. Compared to a lot of joy on the same unit of time, this has been a great long experience. That's my comparison with my darkest years and my brightest ones, that is. Might be different for you. This is why a vacation packed with different experiences can feel like a very long week compared to the same week at work, or this current COVID experience feeling like a very different set of months compared to last year's same collection of time. The Gregorian calendar. During the Middle Ages, it became apparent that Julius had messed up, particularly with the leap year formula. Yo, Julius, you screwed that leap year up, bro. Caesar was so busy slaughtering and being dictator for life, he had overcompensated for the actual length of a solar year. This resulted in an extra day being added every 128 years. Then this became a noticeable problem by year 1500 and farming and holidays were starting to become affected. Seasonal equinoxes, which is where the Earth's axis is tilted neither toward or away from the sun, resulting in sort of like a nearly equal amount of daylight and darkness on all latitudes too. So it's uh, those equinoxes were falling about 10 days too early by that point. And that can throw a lot of things off. 
most uh, noticeably or most importantly to the, uh, the Catholic Church, Easter was beginning to drift out of time and not occur in the proper seasons. This bothered the Catholic Church. Uh, as Easter is primarily, I think, more important than Christmas or used to be. In some years, Easter was too hot or too cold and they determined the clock was getting messed up. So they calculated purposely the most spring-like seasons a year. So with that error identified, in a different system, Pope Gregory XIII authorized the new style calendar. To address Julius's big blunder, 10 days were dropped from the month of October, and the formula for determining leap years was revised so that only years divisible by 400 at the end of a century would be leap years. January 1st was established as the first day of the year, and then we get into politics, because even though it was a better system, Protestant countries, including England and its colonies, told the Pope and his cronies to buzz off. They all hollered, Hail Caesar, and continued to use the Julian calendar. Of course, some infighting started in England. Between 1582 and 1752, similar to the Betamax and VHS wars, there were two calendar formats for use in Europe. This included two different starts of the year that were in use in England, either March 25th or January 1st. They were both New Year's Day. So timekeeping back then indicates two different timelines, the old style and the new style. And you can look at information about how that was applied to records and almanacs and other references. If you wanted to include both dates in some citation, it was referred to as double dating, which you'd indicate with a hyphen, indicating both year formats at once. So for our own dual time reality, there's Obama reality, when he ran for a third term and won, which, would, which actually made time stop because so many racists shrieked into the air, the rotation of the earth stopped. So it's still 2016, but we're cool. And there's no COVID issue because that was taken very seriously with really solid, clear messaging. And we got through it. You know, the, uh, the plateau has gone down. We're with the rest of the world in terms of managing it. And given a third term to calm down his aggressions, Obama has helped to mellow the world. Um, it's in an even more harmonious and safe place. He certainly mellowed out the police issue because racism is something he can directly understand and Obama continued his evolution, as he called it, on certain gender and sexuality changes as well. Pretty cool third term. Uh, we just stopped keeping time, so the dial just loops around 2016 for a bit. Or there's that other time reality where 2016 moved forward into the Trump timeline. It's now 2020 and we're attending rallies where Trump shoots aerosol cans of COVID into the air. The funniest piece of this mess is most of the world was already on the Gregorian calendar. So if the British Empire just wanted to be clean about this, they could have just sent out an order that you'll be hopping this new calendar, and here's the day to do it. For some reason, they needed to instead compress and stretch time in a series of choppy steps that had to feel very disorienting. Breaking from a data system is very difficult. For example, the U.S. never adopted the metric system. 
even though centimeters make a lot more sense than inches. The reasons for staying on the Julian calendar were numerous, and in particular, politics were involved. Adopting the Gregorian calendar or accepted Catholic ideology is a better idea than Roman ideology. And here's the steps that were involved in dropping the Julian calendar and getting with the Gregorian. Number one, they redid 1750. December 31st, 1750 was followed by January 1st, 1750. Step two, this new 1750 lasted for three months. March 24th, 1750 was then followed by March 25th, 1751. Right there you might wonder, why didn't they just uh, jump to 1751? I can't tell you. December 31st, 1751 was followed by January 1st, 1752, which officially would become the new year. This third step doesn't sound odd to us, but previous to this, the new year began every year on March 25th. And then we get to step four, the September 2nd, 1752 was followed by September 14th, 1752. At this point, both calendars would be aligned and the British Empire was officially on Gregorian time. I'm personally not sure what the year is now after following all of that. And in fact, time from that era is interesting in that years are cited as 1751-2 for a given year because both years were happening concurrently. The calendar riots are interesting as a relatable experience as they finally hit a breaking point on what governing law says is rule and order and what we can comprehend or what is a breaking point. Maybe we're entering into that moment now ourselves if this discussion on authority and structure is interesting to you, you might consider reading up on free thought. The free thought movement is an interesting perceived way to live. It basically states I or you can see the world however we'd like, and there's no authority system that controls it. It balks at authority or dogma to decree right or wrong to you. If, for example, you'd like to think it's always 4 p.m., you can do that. Just set all your clocks to 4 p.m. You'll never be late for anything. The removal of time from your life will feel very weird though, but you'll soon identify other clocks in your body that regulate different moments of the day. Dogs and cats don't have calendars, but they automatically know when the day starts. It's just, it's not just hunger. They live on their own rhythm that indicates when it's time to eat, other important cues. I've had pets that actually watch the sun in the window and realize when light reflects off a beam of wood on the roof that it's time to eat. That's pretty observant. No calendar needed. One of the strangest challenges you can do is try a year without a calendar, but it requires a very indulgent life to do this, disconnection, and some determination. But maybe a month without a calendar or a clock might be an interesting personal challenge right now. Even if you had a job, you might be able to configure an alert system to tell you when you had meetings and turn your clock off. But obviously, not having a job would be best. So maybe if you're unemployed right now, you can enjoy a calendar experiment, see how long you can go. I still have a day job, otherwise I'd be taking the calendar challenge with you. I've always wondered if the Unabomber had a clock. I mean, for timekeeping not for bomb ticking. Like in the show? 
You can support Spoken Word with Electronics with an album purchase. You'll find a number of albums at our Bandcamp at eptc.bandcamp.com. And you can also tell one or two friends every time you hear a show about the show. Tell one or two different people every time. I thank you for listening. In closing, I ask you, was the Calendar Act a thought crime? I love the thought crimes that governments can achieve through laws and decrees. Culture is decided by what laws and values a system enforces on its population, but very rarely does the actual structure of time get manipulated like it did in American 1752 or in America 2020. A funny point here is that time itself is an illusion. You can set your clocks ahead 20 minutes and live in that time perpetually. It will become your reality. People do this all the time to make real time early. Sometimes someone can change that time without you knowing and you'd be living in an altered time. Solid time truths. Time is imaginary. Time is fluid. Time is fake. Time is just a number placed on actual moments. I suppose I've personally struggled for years to live in what's referred to as the moment. I want more life, so I see less time. Ironically, less attention to time gives you more time in the real sense of moments and experiences. You're in the moment, and that can be timeless. Dogs and cats live in the moment. It's loosely described as a moment lasting timelessly and then drifting to the next experience. So uh, when a dog is uh, in a kennel, he's in a kennel forever until he's out of the kennel. (laughs) But they do okay with it. Uh, The less, uh, except for when they're not, the less you're in the moment, the less you're alive. Or the less you live. Which is funny because people who can't live in the moment, myself previously, for example, are always stressed about time for jumping from the next thing to the next thing. That illusion of progress and achievement keeps you from living, and when you're living, life feels amazing. It's really hard to break from other ways of living and just focus on being in the moment. It sorts itself out. It's for our sanity that we use it as structure for our days and our moments, of course, but maybe now is a beautiful opportunity for a thought experiment to live less attached to a clock. Ideas like I've wasted my day might fade in negative assessment. The day might not really exist. And, you know, the British might take it away from you by law anyway. So maybe one small blessing of this COVID era is reconfiguring time's grip on you and your days. You'll find the day happens just fine on its own without a clock, and that's kind of beautiful. So, that's my bit on time. Uh, Well, my time's up, so for side B this week, I'd like to start a new project. I had an idea about a long instrumental, which I've been calling the Bug and Machine Tapes. Uh, I have an idea here that it's a two to three minute track, which would then get completed and serve as a bed for the next track. So the whole album, which might take a few hours to hear incomplete, would sort of be uh, based, each track would be based on the track before it. So the idea being sounds are sort of layered on top of one another, changing or not, but the whole previous track just becomes a backing track and I can slow it down and do other things. 
So for the next few episodes, these instrumentals will be the beginning of this album. And I'll do a bugging album, or I'll do a bugging machine tape track every week. I leave you now in memory of some of the lives lost and permanently affected by the Calendar Act of 1752. Missing people and unexpired food. What has been lost in time to this story is the people we lost that were stuck in this broken off piece of time in September. If you were scheduled to be born on September 8th, 1752, for example, you are still in limbo. It's been said that a young group of children followed a runaway dog into the woods on sunset of September 2nd, 1752, never to be heard from again. Food that was set to expire on September 9th, 1752, is said to still be fresh today, as its expiration date never occurred. This even applies to nearly 300-year-old milk. If you timed your sleep just right, you could achieve 12 days of rest by falling asleep just as September 2nd triggered into September 14th. But this had some risks associated with it, as if you woke up immediately in this transition, you were awake for 11 days, causing an almost instant psychosis. A game of hands on the hard castle was disrupted by this shift in calendar time as well. The winner of that year defeated all records by 10 days, which is a shame because the previous winner had won honestly. Had the 11 days not been added, their previous record would still be intact by 25 hours. Here's the first piece of bug and machine music for side B. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Spoken Word with Electronics. Have a very good week.